familiar with many of the more popular historical accounts in the Old Testament and the life of Jesus. During this time, I had some principles for a biblical morality taught by my parents, although it had not yet found its place in my heart and affections. As I entered high school, I became extremely shy. I desperately desired the approval of my peers. I was afraid to be rejected by them, and so I rarely spoke. In college, my shyness began to diminish. However, I still feel that I valued myself based on how my friends thought of me. In my second year in college, I pledged a fraternity. Although I did not join, my association with my fellow pledges offered many opportunities for partying and drinking. Throughout this time, I still attended church, but my affections were divided between the Lord's desire for my life and my sinful desires. During this time, I began dating a girl where we pursued a relationship that was not honoring to the Lord. The relationship was on and off over the next couple of years. This particular relationship became an idol to me, and so I would do whatever it took to sustain it. Eventually, my convictions over some of the sinful actions in our relationship drove us apart. I remember one day in the fall of 2007, I was so angry with God that he did not work this relationship out that I cursed him. Immediately, I felt a deathly conviction. I was not sure if I had committed the unforgivable sin or not, but I could not imagine anything worse than what I said to God. The next couple days, I remained in fear of God, believing that repentance was not an option for someone such as I, and so I began to believe that I could never be reconciled to the Lord. One of the next days, I decided to check to see if I had indeed committed the unforgivable sin. What is this sin, and is there really no hope for someone like me? I searched online and came across a Q&A with Billy Graham. Someone had asked Dr. Graham whether his situation qualified as the unforgivable sin. Dr. Graham had said no and began to explain to this man that the unforgivable sin in context refers to the rejection of the Holy Spirit's testimony about Jesus as the Christ. He explained that the sin that is not forgivable is a hard-hearted rejection of the Lord Jesus as Christ and God. Upon reading this, I realized that this was not something that I had done. At that moment, the weight that was upon my shoulders was lifted off. What a great savior I had, he who could save someone as rebellious as me. At that time, I repented of my sin and asked the Lord for forgiveness. I gave my life to the Lord. Not long after, I began a much deeper personal study of the Bible and even began a Bible study going through the book of John with my roommates. I would never have had the courage and indeed the desire to present to my friends the truth in God's word. I believe my friends had even jokingly began to call me Father Joe, a very inappropriate title, but nevertheless one that had revealed to me that they had recognized a new treasure in my life. Over the next few years, I still struggled occasionally with drinking, but the Lord has since given me victory over this temptation. I still struggle with the fear of man from time to time, but through my study of God's word, he has enabled me to discern areas of temptation, and he empowers me to fight the good fight. I am so thankful to the Lord for his great salvation through Jesus Christ. I am so thankful that that relationship had not worked out and that he had instead given me a beautiful and awesome wife who I will never deserve. I am thankful to the Lord for his gospel. Our God is a holy God and my sin deserves eternal punishment. But through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we who believe are saved and given glorious grace to not only live for the Lord in this life, but to gaze upon his beauty forever in his presence. 
I have often been encouraged by Jesus' promise in John 6:37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. The Lord will never cast out those who earnestly seek him. Praise God for his amazing grace. Joe, because of your testimony and confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you now in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in baptism, raised up to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. This is Erin, and she's going to give her testimony. In my past life, I was brought up in a Lutheran church. Because of that, I was able to have good morals and try to be a good person. I was part of the church choir and was an accolade for a few years. I was baptized as a child and then took confirmation classes. For a while, things were okay until the pastor left church. Also, as I got older, I started to get bored. Everything just felt like a routine. I was also starting to have problems with my parents, which caused me to not return to church by the time I was 15. Not trusting in the Lord has caused me to go down a rough path. I had a lot of fights with my parents. I had a lot of misguided anger towards them for not allowing me to have a normal teenage life. I just simply wanted to go out with my friends to the mall. Also, because I am adopted, it made me feel like they honestly wish they didn't have me in their life which I now know was foolish thinking. It was the devil guiding me away from my parents. This misguided anger caused me to try to fit in. When I was 14, I tried my first cigarette. At that time, I thought it did not affect me because I did not try it again for a long time, and I told myself I would not ruin my singing voice. Unfortunately, when I turned 18, I did try it again, and slowly it became an addiction, a part of my life. I had sex for the first time at 14. I did tell my mother, however, she turned away from me. It hurt me. At the time, I did not understand why she was so upset, especially since I tried to reach out to her in the past and ask questions about this matter. Teachers had encouraged us to talk to our parents about it. So when she reacted the way she did, I thought she was disgusted by me. At the time, she probably was, but I was blind that I did not understand the full scale of how it affected her, too. I was being really selfish, thinking it just had affected me. However, being steered away towards the true path of God caused me to be angrier with them. We got into huge fights, and unfortunately, um, the cops got involved twice. For a long time, I blamed them for my problems. I told myself it was their fault. They should have been more understanding towards what happened. I had not trusted in the Lord and continued to blame others for my mistakes. Because of my lack of trust after my grandfather died, I thought to myself I should kill myself so I could, could be with him. What a lie, and I'm so grateful now I did not proceed with the task. When I was 18, after I started smoking cigarettes again, I began to start smoking marijuana, which relieved my stress and made me feel good. It was a natural plant, I thought to myself. It's not a big deal. It's not causing me to do bad things. So for a while, I thought I was okay. I still had problems, but it made me feel better. Fortunately, in September 2010, I got introduced to the Lord and what it really meant to be a Christian when the Sotos took me to church. I listened to Pastor Bobby's sermon, and for the first time, I actually 
felt excited about what I was listening to because I finally started to understand the real meaning. It did not turn me to be saved right away. However, a very important event happened that I believe God used to guide me to him. This event was the death of my first son, Angel, Angel Alan Soto. I've given birth to him at 28 weeks and he lived for 40 days. When he took the turn for the worse, I prayed to God and begged him to save my son. When he died, I broke down really badly. I even remember sitting in my car after returning from the hospital, crying hysterically, saying, I begged you to save him. Why did you take him away from me? Just when I thought all was lost, Rebecca Soto came out and just gave me a hug. She did not say anything, just hugged me. I realized in that moment the sad truth. God did save him and brought him to heaven. It just hurt because I know that he did save him from me. After that, I promised my son I would change so I can see him again. However, I was still missing the key understanding that to be saved, I would have to repent for my sins and ask for forgiveness. And not only that, accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. However, that event started giving me a wake-up call, and I started heading down the right path slowly. That was in August of 2012. God has slowly but surely guided me to be saved. I started going back to church around late August and was starting to realize all the changes I had made to become, I needed to make to become a true Christian. On about September 25th of this year, I finally made myself humble to the Lord and asked for forgiveness of all my sins. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, knowing that he has saved all of us, his children that believe. I finally knew that I am a sinner, and if not for Jesus, I would never be saved. I finally realized the significance of why he died on the cross, for if that did not happen, we would all be doomed forever, and we would remain dead. At that moment, I was reborn, and it is still a wonderful feeling to know that I am saved. I still have struggles even in this new life, but because I am no longer blinded from the ways of the world, I can see that I have work, I have to work on my issues with anger, trust, and patience. I would have never been able to see these problems that, that I have, but God has opened my eyes to see the truth in myself. With the help of Jesus Christ, I am beating down my sins every day. I am still struggling, including with my addiction to cigarettes, but ever since being saved, it has motiva motivated for me to actually want to stop smoking. It is a change I actually want to make. With the help of God, I can call upon him to help me with my temptations. Being a Christian has helped me to become humble with my parents and to finally let go of my foolish anger I had towards them. I now know that a lot of what happened to me in my past was because of my own doing, and I have learned to accept that. My parents and, and I now have a good, healthy relationship, and I can finally talk to both of them. Also, becoming a Christian has given me the strength to not be scared of pursuing my goals. Around October, I applied at a Pilates studio after getting certified and got hired as a substitute. In the past, I would not have the confidence in doing so. Probably the greatest accomplishment is that I am no longer afraid of my shortcomings. I am willing to admit to my problems and get help from others. I also have a joy now for living for God, a feeling that I have never had or understood before. I love my Savior, Jesus Christ. He has truly saved me. His grace is amazing, and I cannot wait to bring up my two sons, Bishop Isaiah Soto and Elijah Sofrito Soto, to know who Jesus Christ is and that he is our Savior. And if, if anyone feels that they are not good enough to go to church and become saved by Christ, I look to you and say, do not be afraid. God has given us a precious gift, the Bible, to come together so we can all come to understand who Jesus Christ is and so that those who receive him will be saved. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. He is here for all of his children. It is a beautiful thing 
to see everyone in church, and it is wonderful to see so many different people. God was not lying when he said his children would come from all places of the earth. A person can be white, black, Hispanic, Asian, and still be Christian. God welcomes all of his children as his own, and that is such a beautiful gift he gave to me and everyone else who has received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles, between slaves and free men, between men and women. You are all one in union with Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.28. Thank you for listening to my testimony. Aaron, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried in baptism, raised up to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. Is that right? This is Herb Kern, and he's going to give his testimony, Herb. Good day. I was born as the eldest son into an upper-middle-class Catholic family of four children, an absent workaholic father, and an extremely passive-aggressive mother. My father's job required him to travel quite often, so my mother assumed household leadership and the disciplinary role in the family. My parents taught and trained us to succeed in the world through reward and consequences while providing us the best private education that money can buy. I served as an altar boy at St. Rosalia, an Irish Catholic church where I attended grade school. Served mass at 6 a.m., six days a week for six long years. No joke. I was a straight-A student through grade school and runner-up ballot valedictorian in a prestigious academic all-boys high school until the end of my senior year where severe issues in my life began exposing themselves but I limped through and I was accepted to Carnegie Mellon University the nation's top engineering college at the time after completing a nearly perfect SAT and ACT score in mathematics I was truly blessed with many talents most things came very easy to me However, things are not as good as they seem, sometimes not good at all. My mom had fits of rage and abused me often. I spent time inventing alarms in my bedroom to warn and prepare me for the danger as the term night terror described my long sleepless nights. Even as a young child, I rationalized this as she was so angry with my father who was not around that Herb Jr. was an ample substitute. The Catholic priests in our church were alcoholics, hypocrites, and blasphemers. The nuns were vicious and violent. The Francescan brothers in my high school beat me senseless, and I was the sad clown, making fun of everyone, mocking everything, to try and deal with my pain and confusion. I soon became cynical and detached from any emotion. I can remember first hearing of the Lord at a very young age as I myself and all of our large extended family were baptized, received First Holy Communion, 
and were confirmed. My mother and her five brothers quoted scripture five words at a time to the tempo of their violent beatings. Even the Catholic priest read the Old Testament one line at a time to substantiate their message. I was fooled. I thought this was enough. I heard one sentence a day every day and believed myself to be religious and righteous. This was far, far from the truth and deep down I knew it. I lived the next decade surviving, that was all. I went to colleges, plural, for eight years and never earned a degree. I changed jobs and residency each year like a tree loses its leaves. I was a runner. That is until I met my adorable wife, Jenny. We held on to each other for dear life like two castaways on a small life raft in the middle of a raging sea. I was finally ready to let my guard down and love someone. Although Jenny was saved by the Lord a few years after our marriage, I just could not submit. She prayed and read the Bible while I just survived, focusing on providing a living. Our son Christopher was born five years later, yet another true blessing to me from God, who remained patient and showed his mercy and grace to me countless times, protecting me as I lived a reckless life. We attended Princeton Alliance Church for many years until a friend here, Paul Cott, introduced Jenny to Calvary. And it's been six years now that I have thoroughly enjoyed the people and our pastor here at Calvary. And I know that many of you have been praying for me for many years. I admire and thank you. It mattered. I believe that and I know it. Finally, during Sunday fellowship, another friend here, Danny Piccatoli, suggested that I join the baptism class. And at first, I think I said yes just because Dan is such a real guy's guy <laughs> and a fantastic golfer. But the truth is, I was desiring to hear more of what God wanted for me, so I signed up. I had no faith at that time that I would indeed be baptized, zero. This would just be a part of my journey and another opportunity to hear about the Lord. In fact, I originally wrote my testimony and titled it an acknowledgement that I am not a Christian. I gathered my thoughts and finally sat and talked with Pastor Bobby, and he sat with me and reviewed what I believed to be true. I was amazed to discover that I was right on the cusp of being saved. I just did not want to repent and obey. I was holding on to my sin as it's all I've ever known. All of my rotten instincts told me to run and hide like Adam did that day in the garden. I was sad and ashamed. On this day, I could not deny that Jesus Christ is our Lord, that God sent his son to die for our sins, and it is the only way to heaven. The Bible is indeed the word of truth. It has never deceived me. I finally had a desire to be a part of God's plan. That day, October 5th, 2014, my wife Jenny's 40th birthday, I humbly prayed aloud with pastor and asked for strength and forgiveness and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. I have struggled with everything in my life. But I believe God will grant me strength and Satan will no longer be laughing at me. I have numbed my life with sin, detached from love, and surrounded myself with lost sheep, trying to feel strength in numbers. I have watched friends die both quick and slow, and I've experienced their last breaths and cries out to the Lord begging for forgiveness. I thought that would be me, a gasping breath sort of guy. 
hoping that God would accept and not turn from me. And that thinking was all wrong. I was the one turning away with despair and disobedience, but no more. My ship has been righted in the only direction towards God, my Father. I believe him to be all-powerful and creator. The world trained me to quote and process scripture one, one line at a time. So now I would like to read to you in its entirety Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 26. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I have forewarned you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. My life was overwhelmed with all the acts of sinful nature, every one. I had no fruit of the Holy Spirit, not one. I want God to use me in service while I'm living, not desperately begging at my final hour. And I want to share with others what many of you have shared with me. Thank you. Very good, Herb. Hold your elbow. Your elbow. All right. Hold your elbow. Herb, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord. I baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried in baptism. Raised up to walk in newness of life. been done as the Lord's commanded. I just pray that you would take all this in, uh, apply it to yourself, and uh, someday, if you have not been baptized and come to know the Lord, then you someday may walk in these waters and give a testimony of the glory of God and what God's doing in your life. So uh, it's been done as the Lord's commanded. Uh, let's stand together and sing a few uh, praise, uh, one song, and then we'll be dismissed. Those are some awesome.